This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks, St. Samson's and the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. joined in with the nation. The nation today is remembering its Remembrance Sunday and um, our nation is surrounded by memories. Okay, I don't know if anyone watched anything last night but there was a lot on TV and uh, very moving. But um, those memories are going to continue. Those memories will continue into tomorrow and into the next day. And um, wounds can heal but scars can remain, can't they? And uh, we can have wounded soldiers come off the battlefield Um, And in a sense, they come into a place of security, into a place of safety. But because of what they've experienced, actually the place they end up in can be almost as worse because of what they've seen and what's been done. And I want us to think about that for our own lives this morning, really. We um, are not soldiers on the battlefield, which is good. I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not out there. But we all, in a sense, are on a battlefield in life, just as it were. And when we do life, we can suffer from different hurts and different upsets, and we can get wounded and we can get scarred in the same way that a soldier might. And we can come into the safe place but still carry those things around with us and it can still be difficult for us, just like it might be for the soldier who's coming back home. And I wonder today, I want to ask us, what are we remembering? What are our memories like? And are our memories inspiring us or are our memories plaguing us in some way? Psalm 13 verse 2 says, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? I don't know if you're like me ever, but your thoughts, your thought life is like a battlefield and you have to wrestle with your thoughts. Wrestling with all sorts of different doubts, all sorts of different memories, different experiences, different hurts, different things. It's a battlefield. And yet God knows Every troubled thought that passes through our mind. Isn't that a comfort? That whatever is going on in our minds, whatever thoughts we're having, whatever we are wrestling with, God knows our every thought. In Psalm 139 verse 2 it says that God knows when you sit and when you rise. And he perceives your thoughts from afar. I love that idea. That God knows us that well, knows us that intimately and knows what's going on in our minds and sometimes the wrestling that we can do there. So we're going to look a little bit at the book of Acts and I'm just going to pick different verses out about Paul and Peter that will help us with this today. I'm aware that we are still in the book of James 
but we're going to finish that next week. I wanted to focus today on this idea of remembrance and what it means for us. So what are you remembering? First of all, I want to ask us this question. Do you remember the person who hurt you? Is that a memory that you have, that you carry around with you, somebody that might have hurt you in some way? Let's have a little look. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to this, but it's on the screen as well. In Acts 23, verse 2. It says, um, And the high priest, Ananias, commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. What's happening here? Paul is arrested, St. Paul, who's had that wonderful conversion to, to Christ. And he's going around now and preaching the gospel message. And he's now in front of the council and he's been arrested. And Paul is there defending himself. He's saying, look, I've done nothing wrong. I'm innocent here. I've done nothing wrong. I've just fulfilled my duty to before God and my conscience is clear. And he's before the council and he's doing all that and he's, and he's defending himself. And then he has this punishment where he is struck on the mouth. I think to myself about that scene. What must it have been like for Paul, who stood there defending himself, and then suddenly gets this blow to the face? Now, I've never, fortunately, been punched before. That doesn't, I'm not asking for that. Okay, I don't want that experience, all right? Um, some of you might have been, but I can imagine that suddenly, you know, you're just there, and then you have this blow around the face. And what a shock for Paul to have that happen to him. Ananias wants to quieten Paul. He wants to shut Paul up. Doesn't want Paul speaking. Doesn't want Paul talking about the gospel. I think sometimes that can be a little bit like us. You know, the enemy, and we do have an enemy, the enemy of our soul wants to silence us. The enemy of our soul wants us to be quiet and to shut us up and will try and get us to close down our cause. So we state that we're doing the will of God and we're in God's calling and and we're doing what God wants us to do and the enemy will try and come and silence us, try and stop us, try and shut us up any way that he can. We state that we are cleansed. And that we are forgiven and we're free. We say all these things and the enemy will come and try and silence that. So that we can't proclaim that we're forgiven. And we can't proclaim we're free. And we don't believe that anymore. The enemy wants to quiet us down. But if we get serious with God and if we continue our walk with God, then we have to come to that realisation that along that path there can be hurt. There can be. Because if you think about those in battle, if we actually think about physical soldiers out there in battle, they go into it, don't they? With, um, they go in with their eyes open. They, they go in expecting that you know, it's not going to be great, that they could get injured, that they could be wounded, that they could be shot at. They go in with that knowledge as they enter the battlefield. So maybe it wasn't a complete shock for Paul. Perhaps the way it happened was a complete shock, but maybe he actually was half expecting it. Half expecting some sort of punishment. Something was going to happen. He kind of knew. Because he knew that if he was going to proclaim the gospel and he was going to share about Christ, that something might happen. But it certainly didn't make him cautious and it certainly didn't slow him down. Soldiers get hurt. 
And we might have hurts as well in our life. There will be, I guess, an expectation that sometimes as we go into the things of God and we are proclaiming the promises of God in our life, that stuff can happen in our life that will hurt us. Because we have an enemy that wants to drag us down, wants to shut us up and wants to silence us. And he will do that in any way that he can, through anybody, through anything. It's like this little illustration. We can be like this eagle. I want you to picture this. This eagle perched on a block of ice, heading towards a waterfall. Block of ice, the eagle's on it, going towards the waterfall. And all the other birds are crying out to this eagle. And the eagle ignores the cries of the other birds. And he says... If you imagine birds could speak. It says, I have big and powerful wings. I can fly from here at any time. Don't you worry, I've got this. I, I can handle it. The torrent of water carries the block of ice over the edge of the waterfall. The eagle spreads its powerful wings. You know what I'm going to say. Only to discover that its claws had become frozen to the ice. It's not a true story. Don't worry. But if we don't let go, what we're holding on to can destroy what's ahead. If we don't let go of the hurt that has happened or that has been caused in our life, if we continue to live with that memory and that hurt, it can destroy the things that are ahead of us, our future, our relationships with other people. We need today to let go of the hurts, to choose this day. And sometimes it's a choice every day to let go of those memories. Don't hold on today thinking, well, I'll get rid of it sometime in the future. I'll deal with it some other time. Don't be like the eagle that just clings on to the ice and then can't get off. But today is the day. Today is the day to choose to say, I'm not going to continue holding on and remembering this hurt anymore. Today I will let it go. We've all been hurt. We can all carry those hurts. We can carry those memories. But I think on this Remembrance Sunday, let's make a commitment to say we're going to let go of those hurts because they're not going to help us and they're not going to help other people. Okay, do you remember the person who hurt you? Let's look at the next one. Do you remember the painful cut of change? Turn to Acts 16, if you've got Acts 16, or have a little look at this. Acts 16.3, what's going on here? Well, Paul is on his journey again. He's moving and he's going and he's getting Timothy. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And he took him, Timothy that is, and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was Greek. What was going on? Paul wanted Timothy to join him on the journey. Timothy had a Greek father, a Jewish mother, but um, he wasn't circumcised. And so Paul um, says that Timothy needs to be circumcised. This isn't to prove Timothy's salvation. Paul wasn't saying you need to be circumcised to, to, to prove that you're saved. No. The only reason was that Paul was concerned about the gospel message being um, received. And he knew that if the gospel message was going to be received, they would receive it better if they knew that Timothy had been circumcised. So it was just for that reason, um, because he had a Gentile background. 
And so Paul was thinking, actually, we need to do this. It was all just to further the gospel message, nothing to do with the fact of salvation. But I can imagine, well, I can't really, but it was probably painful for Timothy um, to be circumcised. But it had to happen before he went on the journey with Paul. It was worth it. The pain was worth it as he moved into a new season, a new chapter of his life. The cut had to be made for that to happen. Because he was going on a journey with Paul. He was going to go and share the gospel. And when God takes us into something new and on a new journey, and I love that picture today about the Spirit being here to do something new, and when God wants us to to go somewhere new and opens up new doors or new opportunities or, or something different, maybe there has to be a cutting of something. Maybe there has to be some pain sometimes. And it can be maybe to the flesh, but often to the heart. And it's difficult And it's painful, so painful sometimes that you're not sure you're going to get through it. Painful that it takes your breath away, painful. But that pain can sit in the plan and the purposes that God has for our lives, however difficult that might be. God can turn things around. God can use things for his glory and for his goodness. And sometimes, maybe even, that pain can be part of the plan. But it will mark a new day and a new journey, and a new start, and a new direction, a moment of change for us, and we'll never be the same. And that sounds really exciting, doesn't it? A new start, a new journey, something different, a new chapter, well, maybe. But it begins sometimes with pain. For Timothy, he had to be circumcised. It began with the cut, which was painful. If we take that metaphorically into our lives, maybe God when he's doing something new or moving in, in, in our lives to do something different, it can be difficult. There could be that pain involved. You know, I know a lot of you know my story and my testimony and, and different things that have happened in my life, but I can testify to occasions where something painful has happened in my life for something new to develop and for something new to grow and for something new to flourish. Many years ago, and it was many years ago now as I'm getting a bit older, but I did go to university and um, went back in the day when I was 18. And um, I remember, you know, heading off to university. And at the time, I was with, I had a partner and we were together for four years. So before I went to university and when I was at university, so we were together four years. And I had a plan for my life. My plan was that um, once I'd finished university, I would come back to Guernsey and probably get married and, and, you know, live here and and do whatever. But in my last year of university, I got offered a job opportunity in the UK, and it was working with Paul Hudson, um, who you know. And that job opportunity came, and it was just to be a part-time youth worker in the church. And I remember thinking, oh, that's really nice, but that's not part of my plan. So I just left it there in my, in my head and in my heart. And over the summer, I came back to Guernsey and it was there. But the more I prayed about it and the more I thought about it, the more I gave it to God, of course, the more I felt that God was saying, I want you to be there. I want you to be in the UK and I want you to do that job and I want you to be in that role. And so my heart was stirring to go and live in the UK. But of course, I had so much here and um, the opportunity here and, and somebody I loved here. 
And so all this was going on and I was wrestling with that. And um, I remember going to that experience and um, I remember saying to my partner at the time, look, you know, I really feel that God is calling me to go to the UK. Will you come with me? What, can we do this together? And uh, he didn't feel that. He wanted to stay here. And, you know, at the time, I, look, I can say that now because it does not painful anymore. It's not difficult. It was the right thing. It was the perfect thing. But at the time, it was really painful. At the time, it really hurt. At the time, it was like, God, what are you doing here in my life to cut me off from this experience, which was which I, the person I loved, to go and to do this that you want me to do? What's, what is that about? It was a painful cutting for something to start that was new in my life. And I look back now and I thank God because it was the right thing. It was so the right thing. But it was difficult at the time. And sometimes maybe that cut, that, that difference, that change can be painful. And we can live with that and hold on to that and remember that. But actually, what that can do is take us into something new and something good and something different that God is doing in our life. What are we remembering today? Maybe we can embrace that pain, that hurt, that difficulty and not be swallowed up in it but actually rather move with it, move with all the passion that that journey requires and that God has for us. What are we remembering? Okay, next, what do we got? Do you remember those who influenced you and who you influenced? Let's look at Acts 7, 15. Jacob went down into Egypt and he died, he and our fathers. What's that about? Well, what's happening here is it's Stephen speaking now, okay? And Stephen is saying this speech and Stephen's been seized and accused. And so what he's doing now is he's just going through the Old Testament and he's telling um, the people about God moving in, in the lives of Abraham and Moses and Joseph and Jacob and he's explaining all of this. And in that speech, there's this line and it says, and Jacob went down into Egypt and he died, he and our fathers. So Jacob and his sons, including Joseph, all passed away in Egypt. If you think about that story. And the Israelites went into Canaan, the promised land, after they'd died, after they'd passed away. The generation didn't see Canaan. They didn't see the promised land, but they were part of the Canaan story. In fact, actually, the Canaan story, the promised land, wouldn't have happened if they hadn't have lived and died in Egypt. That was needed as part of the plan. And we can think today, can't we, of all the people in our life in the past that have influenced, influenced us and impacted us. They're part of the story of our life and they're part of the story of our church. It's wonderful to think of people past. And we need to make every effort to keep their story alive because the past matters. It's not just now that counts. Because of what, a lot of what's happening now in our lives is because of people in our past. Or a lot of what's happening now in the church is because of what has happened in the past in the church. And all the faithfulness of people um, who have prayed. You know, sometimes you hear, don't you, of people um, talking about experiences of God in their church or their congregation or whatever's happening in it. And it sounds like it's the, the thing. It's like the most amazing thing. It's almost like as good as the creation of the world. And um, that's great, and I'm not polite, I'm not saying I love a move of God, but actually sometimes we need some perspective and, and we need to look and say, actually, that has come because of what's happened in the past as well and the faithfulness of people in the past, honouring those in our past. Who do we remember that's influenced, them, influenced us? I can think of loads of people 
that have touched my life. You know, I am who I am today because of people in my past and who I've journeyed with. You know, I think of the reason I can make Gojmala today is because of my granny. She'd be very proud of me. (laughs) You know, or the reason why we do things, or I don't know whether you ever have a moment, you're doing something, you're thinking, and you just, that memory of the person who taught you how to do that, or you're reading something and it just jogs your memory about someone. So many people that are in our past that have influenced us. Hold on to that for a moment, because I want to take us a little bit further to Acts 15, 36. Paul and Barnabas now. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return. They were in Antioch, okay? So let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. Let us go back. Let's go and see what, how they're doing, Paul is basically saying to Barnabas. Let us return. And he's suggesting that where they have brought the ministry to different people, they just go back and see how they're getting on. Look behind you for a moment. I wonder who's there. Who are the people that you have influenced? Who are the people that you have impacted? Just like those people who have impacted and influenced you. Who are you doing that for? There'll be loads of people perhaps you've even forgotten. Your acts of kindness your words of comfort, your letters that you've written, cards that you've written to neighbours, friends, colleagues, church people. I bet there's loads. And I bet there's some things that you don't even remember anymore but that you did. Maybe your humility won't let you speak about it too much. But actually, it's there, the things that you've done for others. People who have benefited from you in small ways, in large ways. I wonder how they're doing today. I wonder how they're getting on. You see, the success and the reward of this life is other people. Really, it's other people. It's what we give to others. It's what we do for others. It's what we say to others. That is actually everything. It's who we have in our past. It's who is better because our path crossed theirs. That's what life's about. And when we think about those just previously who influenced us and impacted us, it's big, it's amazing, isn't it, when you think about that. And we can do that same thing for others. Who can we remember today that has influenced us? And who can we remember that we have influenced and are influencing? And how can we be that person to other people? Last week I was speaking about that, about encouraging others, about who is on our journey But are we going across other people's paths of life and being a really positive influence in their life? Who can we remember today? I'm better because of people who crossed my path, spoke words, wrote cards, encouraged me, listened to me, go on, whatever, gave into my life. And we can do that same thing for other people. Okay, do you remember what Jesus has said? Let's have a look at Acts 6, uh, not 6, <laughs> Acts 11, 16. Let's have a look at that. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Okay, let me put this in context. If you haven't got your Bibles, Peter's now speaking, and he's re- reporting to the church. And basically what's going on is that he's been criticised, um, and... Um, 
he was criticised for going and eating with people who were not circumcised. So they were having a go at him, and Peter's trying to defend himself and say what's going on. And he's trying to explain now that, um, of the vision that he saw, with the, the, everything being clean now, and that the Gentiles can receive salvation. So he's talking all about that. That's what is happening here. And then he remembers. He remembers um, what was said. John baptised with water, but you'll be baptised with the Holy Spirit. You know, some people are really contained by what others have said to them. I know I've shared this before, but sometimes we can be so destabilised, become so unbalanced because of what people have spoken over our lives or into our situations. And it can really mess with our minds and it can really change the way we feel. And so people who, who feel like that, they respond in their in their words, in their actions, through that filter, through the filter of what other people have said to them and what's been spoken over them. Choosing to remember what others have said. And in the remembrance, they replay the words time and time again. It's like it goes over in their minds all the time. And then it becomes a condition, then it becomes a pattern. And people remember what's been said to them. It's true, it happens, doesn't it? And you might be sat there thinking today, yeah, that happens sometimes in my life. That I remember what other people have said to me. I remember maybe negatively what people have said and or what have spoken or, you know, in their anger have said. And I remember it and I recall it and I replay it over and over again. And sometimes actually what I find is that shapes who I am and it shapes what I say and it shapes what I do and everything else is filtered through that. What are we remembering today? Is it helping us? Is it beneficial to our life? Peter remembered what Jesus had said about the Holy Spirit coming on people. And once he remembered that, it then helped him in that situation. It helped him with the process of what was happening and what was going on. Once he remembered, oh, that's what Jesus said. And then he shared it and it helped him. I remember as a child in Sunday school, you might remember this too, was anyone else given a Bible verse every week to remember? You had a memory verse, yeah? And if you came back the next week and you could remember your memory verse, you got points. And if you had your Bible, you got points. Wow. I think we should bring that back for church folks. (laughs) But you did, didn't you? That's what we did um, at Sunday school. And we had a song to help us remember the books of the Bible, what order they were in. I'm not going to sing it. Um, I remember doing holiday clubs myself, you know, when I was a youth worker, running holiday clubs with children. And um, I used to do memory verse games. You used to give them a Bible verse and you used to do little things and try and help them remember it. And lots of churches do that. I think our children's ministry does that sometimes as well. But it's funny because we limit it to our children, don't we? I don't know. You might be very good at going away and trying to remember scripture. But I used to do it far more when I was little than what I am today as an adult. And sometimes we don't, we're not able to recollect all the different scriptures and the things that are written in the Bible because actually sometimes we just don't read it enough to remember it. How are we supposed to use the word of God if we don't have it in our hearts and our minds? Muslims and Jews, they learn their scriptures. They recite their scriptures. 
And we might be glad that we're free from the dogma of those sorts of things and those structures, but actually there's something valuable in that, isn't there? There's something valuable when you know the scriptures in your heart and mind. Because remembering what God has said over our lives, to our lives, is the most important thing. It really, really is. We do need to go to the scripture so that we can fully live in the promises of God. Because otherwise what will happen is we'll remember the words of other people. We'll remember what's being spoken over us years and years ago. Some sort of negative words. I've been plagued by words of people in my life that has been negative at times, that could and did threaten to limit what I felt I was capable of doing and being. And you can let those thoughts, can't you, shape you. Or you can say, you know what, I'm not going to take that. And I'm going to, not only am I not going to take it and I'm going to get rid of it, but we have the power of God's word to combat that. We have the promises of God's truth to say, you know what, I am not that, or I am not this, because this is what God says about me. And this is what God says he can do through me. And I don't have to have that limitation on my life. And I pray today that you won't remember negatively what other people have said over your life, but you will begin to remember exactly what Jesus says over your life and what God the Father is declaring over your life. And finally, will we today, will we make more new memories? Acts 17.30 The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Paul is again in front of these men in Athens, and he's sharing again. And he's coming, he's continuing on in his defence, and he's heading to his finale, which is, of course, Jesus that's his end place. And we all have a past, yeah? And we all have the present now. Just check your pulse, but we're here. We're in the now. We're in this moment. We have a past, but we have a now moment. And can we move in the now moments? Can we live in the now rather than stuck in the past in a negative way I'm talking about. Can we move in the now? But can we hold on and honour the past and honour the good things of the past and those who have been in our lives and influenced and impacted us? Can we carry the past in the sense for wisdom's sake but know that actually today is the now time of our lives? And can we begin again? Can we do something new? Because in the past we were a different person to what we are now. We've changed. We've changed. And we're not to live in the past, but we're to live in this moment. In the past we might have been defeated, but now is the time to try again, to start again. In the past the church had great moves of God, but now is the time for the church to be ready for God to move again. We can like to stay in the past, but now is for moving in the present in order to get to the future. Now is a new moment and it's a new day that we've never seen before 
And many stuff in, much stuff in our past will have prepared us for the now. And it's good to remember that and it's good to honour it. But it's good sometimes to let it go. To let things go. So that we can move on into the new things that God has for us. Psalm 118 tells us to rejoice in this moment. Because this is a new day that the Lord has made. Yeah? We used to sing a song about that, I'm sure. In the past... But now, now, and whatever that means for you, I don't know. But may today be a moving day. And may it be God who moves in and through you as you move in love and grace towards others. May God be moving in you. So what are we remembering? Let's have a little look. We might be remembering those people who have hurt us. And today is a moment for us to let that go. And say, I'm not going to hold on to that today. I'm letting it go. Maybe we're remembering the painful cut of change. And sometimes that happens, but we can still be obedient to God in the hurt and in the pain. Because there may be something new, exciting ahead. We can remember who's influenced us. And think about who we're influencing and who we're impacting in our lives. Who's better for knowing us? Are we remembering today what Jesus has said? Forgetting what other people have said. Forgetting the negative things that people have spoken over our lives and instead saying, God, I'm going to remember what you said. And will we today choose to make new memories in the now moment of our lives? download from Delance Healing Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.